welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode number 54. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to stop through, do a quick intro for this episode. Um, I guess I'll start off with a disclaimer. About an hour or so into this episode, the uh, internet gods frowned upon me and we lost connection during Skype. So uh, it may cut off for a brief minute, but I'll edit it, edit it some kind of funky way. So, you know, it is what it is, but just wanted to just throw that out there so if you hear an edit by probably throwing a dj scratch or something uh don't don't be alarmed that's that's why i had to throw that in there because the internet got angry and it cut us off but <laughs> as far as the episode i'm, I'm interviewing a maryland artist rapper producer um his name goes by the name of pale moon i've known him since about 11th grade um back when i was engineering and getting into music he was one of the first people that i'd ever like started recording with so i've literally seen him progress from being a high school student (laughs) to a college student to now you know a grown adult you know and it's been wild man it's been a wild ride and we we get in get in depth uh of that whole progression man We, we talk about the days of us being in the studios and his come up and you know how he progressed from you know just kind of doing like spoken word things like that to being an actual rapper we go into his creative process uh we go into his latest project uh on tapes o-n-a tapes um that can be found on soundcloud youtube bandcamp napster if you type in pale moon and on tapes you'll see him pop up <laughs> somewhere um, but yeah, man, we, we go really in depth into uh, his project, his creative process. Uh, I, I get to pick his brain a little bit about, you know, certain lyrics and we talk about the production. We, we go really in deep, man. Like, I, I would encourage any indie artist to listen to this episode, man. You, you get a lot of good, a lot of good gems in here because we, we talk about not not just the creative side of it, but the personal side of it, you know personal setbacks and how that can affect your creative output things like that so yeah man this is a really really dope episode i'm really glad i got the chance to get him on the show um also another plug um he's a part of a collective called the creators um some of them are also known for quite some time now and they actually have a show coming up so let me plug that real quick Uh, so if you are in the baltimore area on sunday uh november the 5th they have a show at the downtown cultural arts center which is at 401 north howard street uh baltimore maryland um yeah the creators got a show coming up um i believe i want to say uh guy grams and i think ill conscious are almost are also gonna be performing uh don't quote me on that (laughs) but uh i know for at least uh these guys will be there um the event is called hip-hop crossfade at least according to the facebook page so 
if you guys um if you're in the baltimore area and you want to check them out they will be down there um it is a do to do five to ten dollar entrance I'm, I'm literally just <laughs> scrolling off the facebook page so a uh, five ten dollar entrance fee uh hosted by dre thompson so if you guys are in the baltimore area like i said november 5th uh starts at 7 it's from uh, 7 p.m until 10 p.m that sunday so if you're in the baltimore area you want to check them out um you know definitely go out go out support and we also on the episode talk about uh their live show and you know what goes into that and how they incorporate live instrumentation we, we go in deep man we, we go in really deep and this is a really really dope episode so shout out to pale moon i have links to on the tapes um down in the description below um, i have links to the project links to a music video he just put out and if i can remember i'll also leave a link um to the show so you guys can have the notes on that so by the time you hear this uh, you'll still have time to go to the show if you want like i said if you're in the baltimore area by the time you hear this episode the show won't have happened yet so if you're interested in going you know by all means check it out support please like share this podcast um you can listen to me on this podcast on youtube itunes side note please rate and subscribe on itunes definitely appreciate it um google play all that good stuff i'm out here we out here <laughs> so yeah man just wanted to come by stop a stop by do a quick intro and yeah that's about it man i'm your host Siro sensei I'll stop talking so you guys can listen to this interview and uh hope you guys enjoy. Peace. I'm back with a returning guest. It's been a while, but uh reintroduce yourself, my good sir. What's good, what's good? It's Pale Moon, Pale Moon the Warrior. Um I think last time I was introduced maybe as homage, so you might recognize me from there. We talked uh we talked last time. Samurai Jack or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Samurai Jack. <laughs> Logic. <laughs> Logic, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. I have some thoughts. I know I'm not going to say nothing yet. I'll, okay. I was about to go on a whole nother spiel. Because the Crit album somehow made me think about Logic. But if mm. we get to that later, we'll get to it. If not, okay. <laughs> I'll save that for something else. Cool, um, cool. All right, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, yeah. Late, later for them, because uh, they're not the only people releasing music. Uh, That's right. You're you're out here. I seen you out here on your promo run. <laughs> out here. Yeah. Out here grinding. Trying to do some press. Trying to do some press. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just dropped the tape called uh, Ana Tapes. That's O N A Tapes. Um. Yeah. It's just a quick 17, 18 minute project that uh, I threw together, kind of in a rush or whatever, but not really in a rush. But just the, the style I had recorded it. I I got it done in like four days or something like that. So yeah. Just uh. I hear pushing his music, man. Flexing on him. Yeah, yeah. So, cause I was thinking when you when you put this out, anytime, even if a friend or just anybody I know puts something out, I always go back to the last thing they released. Okay. So, Alexithemia, that was way. Mm. What year was that? Let me bring Two, that up. I want to say 2011, maybe. It's either 11 or 12. Yeah, that was, man, and good tape for people. I'll I'm, I'm gonna leave a link to both. Mm. just to like hear progression yeah people can hear the pro- progression yeah yeah because like if you listen to alexa theme and you listen to this not that like alexa theme is bad or anything but like on the tape definitely sounds 
like a lot more like polished i would say and stepped up and yeah yeah, yeah just like a lot more mature and all that i mean i was when i I mean, when I began writing Alexithemia, like up until that point in, let's say, 2012, um, you know, that was basically what I had viewed at the time to be my entire life put into music. You know what I mean? So it was like it was everything I had learned up until that point. So some of it was, you know, maybe polished. Some of it was a little rough and some of it's a little problematic looking back at it now. But, you know, (laughs) we all learned. We all grew up. Right came a long way from the apple juice days <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually it's it's, it's, it's funny though because like if you think about it, like i mean you were there you weren't there when i first began rapping but you were there when i pretty much first began recording because that was pretty much at harford and i mean you were there when i was doing the poetry slams and stuff like that too with rich so it's it's interesting that you bring up you like seeing the progression because you you saw like you've heard stuff that probably never saw the light of day right that um we were doing just way back when that you know if you look back at it now we'd be like oh my god you know burn us <laughs> but <laughs> on the low I, I would have to research I, I still have tape like uh songs on one of my hard drives mm-hmm. that we like recorded at harford i'm not oh yeah i don't know if it's just you or rich but i know i have some of y'all stuff somewhere <laughs> like it, it's got to be somewhere. Every once in a while, like, Facebook will give me, like, the, the memories or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, like, just the minute I see, like, it just, it clicks to me. Like, I'll see, like, a picture of me and Rich again. I'm like, oh, no, that's one of our old songs. I got to delete this now. <laughs> <laughs> I st- actually, now that you say it, hold up. I still have, right here in my room, the OG, oh, so- the OG Sofa King fresh tape. <laughs> oh, man. Where you, Rich. Taylor on that one? Yeah, where you, Rich, and Tay on the cover. Still got oh, the MySpace page link. <laughs> Damn, you got to save that for, like, blackmail down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still got that. That's um, crazy. So between, I guess, you know, those times and now, was was the break purposeful, like, that long to put out another album? Or, you know, is it just kind of situations where life gets in the way and you kind of just... You know, at the end of the day, you're an artist, but we're still people. Yeah, we still right. have lives, responsibilities, all that, you know, all that good stuff. Well, from from the moment I started at Hartford, which was probably around 2000 and, let's say, 9, 10 or whatever, up until now, which is 2017, um, late in 2017, uh, like, I mean, I've been recording nonstop since then, and I've been making music nonstop, and... Um, I don't know, like, I guess, like, after I dropped Alexithemia, like, and I, you know, as time started going on and I started getting better at making music, I started looking back at Alexithemia and, like, I was able to kind of, like, be like, okay, this is what I was doing wrong or this is why I wasn't connecting. And so I started, like, just experimenting a lot and trying different types of rap and hip-hop and coming at it from different angles. And, like, I would put out a song every once in a while and, like, you know, people would you know, the homies would like it, give it a share, and that was about it, and, like, it kind of, like, it was an indicator to me that, like, even though people weren't saying it, like, I felt like my music wasn't where it needed to be, mm-hmm. so, you know, I I just, I kept putting it off, like, I mean, some people, like, they've seen through my hard drive, and I got, I have, like, hundreds upon hundreds of song concepts, and, you know, I've got books filled with, like, rhymes and stuff like that, and it's just, like, I've spent like I mean five years isn't that long in the span of a lifetime, but it was really just 
five years of just learning and going through life. And, you know, there would be times where, you know, I'd put down, put down the mic for a little while and, you know, I wouldn't come back to it for like a few months or so. Um, but it was all just kind of like a learning process for me so that when I was able to record on a tapes, I mean, it, like I said, it took me four days, whereas before it would take me like, you know, weeks to finish a song this time, you know, I finished it pretty fast cause I just, I figured out my process and I figured out where it is I fall into in terms of like music and, you know, what my style should be and, you know, what my quote unquote rap character should be or, <laughs> you know, if that's what you want to call it that, right. you know what I mean? I figured it just like I learned all that stuff along the way. So that when it got to this point, I was like, oh, OK, I know exactly what I need to do. And it all just came out naturally. You know what I mean, so that's kind of what that was, I guess. That's that. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I guess during this whole time, because I know this happens to me a lot. Like, well, I'm not an artist, but, you know, I'm on my whole indie author. Right. Author right. Grind, and like. I can't lie. Sometimes I look around and I see other people around me putting out material. Yeah. Whether it be I know them personally or just, you know, I just know them just they're, they're an indie person. Sure. And I see everybody else putting out material and I'm looking at me and I'm like, where, where's my, you know. Where's like, your piece? Yeah, like where's my piece? Like do you ever, does that feeling ever happen? Like especially during that break where you're not, well, you're recording material, but it's not, you know, you're not really releasing it. Of course, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, like, you know, um, I had a stab at Atlantic um, Records. A f- I mean, it's been a few years now, but a few years back, and it was like me and Rich, and um, I had my I had my own studio at that point. I was in uh, Forest Hill. Um, you may have even came to visit at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, we came up there and, a couple a couple times. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, so like we had a stab at Atlantic Records and stuff like that, and like, you know, I just I didn't have enough material, so like, we passed that to Rich and. I remember at that point, it, it, it all ended up not working out, but I remember at that point I was thinking to myself, like, okay, like, this is what happens when you don't have enough material or when you're not able to, you know, to show up with quality content. And then, like, you know, all my, you know, I'm in the creators, whatever, it's eight of us, and everybody be putting out projects and stuff like that, and I'd help on some of those projects, and, you know, homies would be putting out pieces of art and all that, and, like, it kind of sucks, especially at this point in our lives because it's like you know i went from being 21 to 27 and you know within those years especially if you're a rapper or a musician like you know they kind of say like you know you're supposed to be getting it when you're 18 right so it's like dang like i'm you know i'm I'm closing in on 30 now and you know even if i you know if i drop something now i still have to work to get it to the next level it's not going to be like i just drop it and and then tomorrow I'm, you know, living in comfort and lavishness. So, like, just looking at other people already getting that head start, like, was a little intimidating. And, like, at times, like, it would kind of, like, make me want to just put something out. You know what I mean? Right. Just but scrap I, something together and just... Right. Like, oh, you know what? Like, I got this concept that I can do. And, like, you know, I put that, I'll put out, like, 13 songs real quick and that'll be it. But the reality was, like, I just, I realized that... I had to be at peace with the fact that maybe I just like making music because it was just something that's fun to me. And maybe it's not meant to be something that controls or decides or influences my life and destiny. And I think when I did that and I let go of the, this idea that like I need to be famous off this or I need to make moves off it or I, you know, I need to be 
doing what my peers are doing. Once I once I let go of all that, um, I, I became a lot more comfortable. And, you know, there'd be people telling me, like, yo, when are you going to drop? When are you going to drop? And I was just like, man, you know, I would say, you know, it just at this point, it doesn't matter when I drop. When I drop, it'll be good, I promise. But until then, I'm just going to be comfortable, you know, with the music only being stuff I hear to myself. Because I know when, when it's quality or whatever that I'll, that I'll put it out. Or what I think is quality, at least. <laughs> yeah. I say before, uh, I guess we get uh, to the tape, real quick, okay. just to go back to the Atlantic. Because that, that was a situation that like, I kind of knew about, but didn't okay. know, like, how did that even first come start? about? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, so me and Bridge have this homie, Sean. Sean Dackerman, and um, um, when I got the studio, I was able to kind of like bring, you know, I was starting to build like a little bit of a team there because it was a, it was a spot, you know, everybody could come to you, create in there or whatever. And um, Sean was doing photo photograph photographic, he was doing photography work, hmm. and um, somewhere along the lines, he just he came across this girl, and she just so happened to have. Um, I guess her dad or like her rich stepdad or something like that. He bid on like and he bid on an interview with the CEO of Atlantic for like charity. So he had this like you know free free date with the with the uh, the Atlanta guy, and um. So you know he he gave the girl Corey he gave her an opportunity. He's like, hey, you know if you find yourself a good enough artist. Um, you know, you can go on this Atlantic interview and, you know, pitch the guy and, you know, maybe you can be his manager, all that, or her manager. And so she landed on, on me and Rich. And then it was just a matter of at that point, like, okay, like one of us has got to go, who's it going to be? And Rich at the time was definitely a more mature artist, um, in terms of just understanding and being comfortable with his own, like rapping abilities and stuff like that. And, he was also like good at production stuff like that. So he he went ahead and he he went with the interview and you know we set him up and we record for him and we put together all kinds of stuff. And uh, he went out there and I mean I guess I won't tell his whole story for him, but he went out there and they loved what he did and they you know they 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 told him a lot of stuff, but I guess it just it didn't really pan out for a number of reasons that were like balls dropped on our end or you know and all that, but. Yeah, I mean that was that. It was pretty much just a, a happenstance of we knew somebody who just so happened to have a free date with that guy, and we, we tried to leverage it into a situation where we could all make a come up. And yeah, that was that. So how did that? How do you handle like that fallout? Because you go from, you know, we we come from like literally <laughs> from like the ground up, right? Like, recording in any random studio, probably recording in cars to like building up to you getting your own studio and then you get the shot at Atlantic and then, you know, whatever happens yeah. just kind of happens. So is it, did, did well, you come home like kind of like it's well, over you know, or was it like you just got to get back to it? I mean, I can't speak for Rich since it was like, it ended up being more his shot. You know what I mean? Right. Like I was obviously there along for the ride and, you know, helping out, but it was his shot. So I can't speak for how he felt, you know, maybe a month afterwards or whatever you know, like, when it didn't work out, um, but, I mean, for me, like, it, I was pissed, I, you know, I was like, all right, well, why didn't we, you know, um, carpe diem, you know, like, why didn't we, 
right. like what what went wrong or whatever and and um but it actually it, i mean i ended up being more pissed at myself because i was like dang you know if if i had done more on my end whether it be me making better music myself or pushing rich or pushing sean or even pushing the guys that gave us the opportunity to have the interview you know what i mean whoever it needed to be if i would have done more um you know maybe we could add some things but i also looked at it too as like you know whatever happens happens right. you know I, you can't like you hear about people all the time you know they they, they sound like they're gonna sign that sign the def jam and then they get nothing you know what i mean or they sign to somebody and then they don't ever drop anything you know so right. like getting our foot in the door just means we're in the lobby we still have to like work our way up to the top floor so you know it was bittersweet i was probably a little upset at the time that like it didn't manifest in anything but at the same time i mean you know that was one problem in the in a long line of you know different <laughs> issues that would come up afterwards so it's crazy though because like i feel like looking back now i almost feel like the way like music has shifted mm-hmm. that it might have been for the better because it's, it, I feel like now you look at record labels and it's like, do I'm gonna say you don't need them, but are they really? I mean, compared to back then, yeah, labels were probably like, that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. But like now, you know, obviously with this tape, like you can record this on your own time. Nobody right. can tell you, you know, oh, you can't say this line; it's too offensive, or like you can just kind of, right, right. you can just kind of do whatever you want, and like that's a hundred percent your product. Yeah, I think the way we always look at it, I mean, the way I look at it, too, is like, you know, it just like it's it's an opportunity that, you know, we don't see. You know what I mean? You know that like, you know, somebody comes up to you and there's like potential that you could get, even if it's just a mill, which is not a lot nowadays by, you know, music standards. But like if you sign a million dollar contract or something like that, you know, what I mean, like everybody if that comes in front of them, you know, you start to feel like, dang, my life could change. I could do this for this person. Right. I could do this for that person. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we were talking about. Like, when when we started, like, organizing our thoughts, like, all right, Rich is going to be the one that goes, we started trying to plan out, like, what does that mean moving forward with all this money that's going to come through? How are we going to use, you know, like, even though Rich is the one signing it, like, since it's a group effort, you know what I mean? Since it was Corey's... Um, connect and us all pulling together recording rich's music for him and mixing mastering it how are we going to move as a team moving forward um you know that's that was the whole plan it was like if rich got money we were going to hopefully with his approval invest it back into our our team and keep ourselves building up you know what i mean right. it wasn't ever a uh an ideal situation but it was just like a hey at least somebody's paying attention to us in this moment you know what i mean right and giving us an opportunity which a lot of people don't get um but definitely i mean i think it worked out better for a number of reasons i mean just the landscape of the type of music you can make now i feel like back then it was like he could have easily been um shopped around as like a bob artist yeah he would have got yeah he might have gotten typecasted yeah because you know (laughs) Back then, like, I feel like nerd culture, like, since we've been in high school, was already already changing for the better. But, like, back then, it was still not quite yeah the thing. It was getting better and more popular and hip, but it wasn't quite the thing. Yeah, so he now it's like... Yeah, he, he would have been lumped into, like, one of those categories. So maybe, like, for on his side, like, for the better, 
it's you know he was able to kind of keep that artistic integrity even though that means you know we're all still you know broke or whatever but you know there's still plenty of chances now to to get out there and do your thing so i don't know what they would have done to you because i think you you're a lot more like i'm trying to think of the word they wouldn't have had anything for me back then yeah because i don't i don't think you had like a like a lane, at least in terms of like a mainstream. Yeah, like, I, I didn't have a lane. Cause, and like, I mean, you look at it from all kinds of practical aspects. Cause that's what we did. Like, I mean, I was, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a skater aesthetic going. I'm also like into rock. I'm into nerdy stuff. But I also like ignorance. And, you know, and then I'm like, I'm like this mixed Hispanic Indian guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just, there's just, there's, you can't package me up and put a bow on me. So, like, it makes me impossible to be somebody to market. That's why we looked at Rich and we we're like, all right, Rich is the marketable one out of all of us. You know, we tried to we tried to approach it for being so young. We tried to approach it with a with a business mind in terms of like who would do what, and that's why that was one of the reasons why I, I found out in that moment. I was like, okay, I don't have enough of anything. I haven't figured out who I am yet. I haven't figured out what my music is supposed to be about yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no way. How how can I expect somebody else to invest in me and market in me if I don't even know? you know who, what my role is in all this so right so in a way that was a learning experience for me i guess just, you know figuring out who it is i'm supposed to be or you know at least knowing that if i want to move forward i need to identify who that character or person or whatever it is is going to be for me right so so i guess uh bring it up to speed bring it full circle okay so you go through all that now we we fast forward to the present was there like a like a certain moment where you're like all right i need to you know was it like a certain inspiration for you to put out this project or was it just you know uh yeah yeah well i mean um so i guess for about maybe the last year and a half um i've been working on the songs that are on this project on a tapes um and then like let's see i don't know i mean like my son was born in 2016 um and I told myself before that, all right, before he's born, I'm going to drop him tape. And then that didn't happen. And then he was born. And then, like, my mom passed away, like, maybe, you know, eight months later. Right. And so after that, like, it took a toll on me. But, you know, as they say, whatever you think, like, you know, in, in, in stress and trauma, you know, you end up making art or whatever. Um, so uh, those, like, my son being born and um my mom passing away were i guess they didn't throw me into music making mode but they certainly laid the groundwork for what this project became because it was in that moment when i was like okay i've i've simultaneously welcomed life and watched life exit within the same year both very you know my first child and then my mother, you know what I mean? Like, right. th th those are like super impactful kind of things to go through. And so like, that just kind of like, it it put enough gas in the tank for me to, you know, get down the street or whatever. And then um, I guess in, I want to say, you know, mid-summer, I kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what, like, I'm frustrated. I feel like artistically I haven't done anything. You know, I need to just put something out and, you know, I, I took two weekends and and um, just laid it down real quick and 
that was that. I think my homie was like, my cousin just kept nagging me for one of the tracks I have on there called Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had heard it over a year ago. He heard me rap it at least. And he's been like, yo, yo, when you drop that Birdcage, when you drop that Birdcage. <laughs> and I think one day I was just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go do it. And I just uh, got into the studio and then recorded. And I, I thought I was only going to record demos, but uh, it ended up not being demos. Was, matter of fact, if, if I can, describing the, the recording setup I had there. Yeah, um, I was actually just, I wonder, yeah, I have that as a line of note, actually, I was going to actually. Okay. Well it's, well, it's funny, though, like, what, what like, just because you're an engineer, too, you used to engineer me, but, like, what is your opinion on the recording, first off, just going into it? I've been thinking about this a lot lately, in terms okay. of, and just to go off on a mini side tangent, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. I'm learning, and I'm, I ain't gonna say I'm learning, I'm, I'm reinforcing something I already knew, but, like, you know, I'm, I'm on my own little thing, trying to put out, you know, a book. Right. Sounds like a very simple task. But, like, when you're literally an indie, like, you, it really, you really realize you have to do this all yourself. Like, you're the one-man mm. band that has to make all of this happen. And I see other artists who, you know, don't have a big budget, obviously. A lot of us are broke college kids or just broke adults. <laughs> like, right, we, right. we don't have money to, to, you know, afford these crazy studios. But mm. as far as just be honest man if you want to just record an album i mean albeit yeah it's great to have you know top class studio if you can if you can afford a great engineer definitely would encourage you to do that but i mean if if you're just out here on the ground and you want to put out something solid man you can get a macbook and a, a usb mic get mm-hmm. your little pop filter <laughs> you and can sit in your, do that work yeah right you can do what you sit in your car like <laughs> mm-hmm. like and you can you know it, it of course is not going to come out as like the sound quality of like somebody who's signed to like a Def Jam or Universal but like you can still make a a really solid you know project something that does sound clean especially I can't say this enough get a good engineer to mix your music they can help mask some of your (laughs) recording flaws but especially because if if you don't if you're not like if you're not trained in the art of like knowing what's wrong and right from like a from your audio quality in terms of like what radio or you know like professionals are going to be looking for you know what i mean you're right. going to want somebody that does know what to look for because you may have like weird low-end pops or you know just weird little artifacts in your music that you don't realize are there because you're hearing it one way when but then when a professional hears it they're going to hear those artifacts and they're right. not going to want to play your music on radio or, you know, wherever the case may be, yeah, like, because that's what's going to be the sound of, of it being unprofessional. Yeah, I was going to say, when I, when I listened to this, I think I remember you telling me before that you recorded, like, songs just in your car. Yeah, I used to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, yeah, how, how did, um, how did your recording setup change from, from now to, or from then to now? Yeah, well, um, I, uh, so I used to have the studio, then that got dissolved. That was a, uh, it was a group studio that we had. It was like five of us or whatever. And, you know, we just all couldn't pay rent. So uh, studio went wayside. And then I had my own equipment. I had a, um, a cheap Scarlet um, kind of box set, Focusrite box set. So it was like, it came with like a, a four input mixer, or I think it's like, it's two inputs, but you can, you know, switch them out between XLR cables and quarter inch cables if you have like a guitar or something. Yeah. And um 
that came with like a stock mic and like some headphones and I was using that and then you know when I moved out of the place um the place I'm in now I couldn't really record music like that so I was kind of like homeless in terms of studio for a long time and uh, I recorded a clip in the ashtray um at this warehouse and that was pretty cool but after that like I didn't have anywhere to go so um I went to my dealer I went to his crib and um, I set up in his living room, which was not made for recording music at all. <laughs> um, I sat on a broken chair, literally like that if I were to shift too much, the leg would kick underneath from underneath it and I would just fall. Um, I had the mic kind of like the mic stand was broke. So I had it like positioned like so that the bottom of it was jammed in my stomach, pressed up against the, uh, the dining room table. And I just, you know, I recorded it like that. I recorded the whole thing with the mic just in this bootleg way. My homie was literally asleep snoring with sleep, ap- <laughs> with sleep apnea behind me snoring. And, like, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is all fine. I'm in terrible conditions. This is okay, though, because I'm just recording demos. That's all I want to do right now. And um, so that's how I recorded it. And then, like, I'm, you know, like, I'm one of those people that, like, as – even if it's a demo, I'm just tinkering with it like it's the real thing. Right. And I was like, hold up. And I started, you know, playing around with it. And I was like, yo, this actually sounds pretty good. Like, yeah. And then... Let <laughs> me EQ his snore out of the... <laughs> yeah, well, what happened is, like, I like to put... Um, I run... I record two layers of vocal. So I record, like, my top layer, which is just my voice sounding regular. And then I record a second layer, which I run through a guitar amp. Right? Mm. So... And then, well, usually I'll, like, run through some auto-tune then a guitar amp, depending on what I'm doing. But, um, so any snoring he had kind of blended in with the guitar <laughs> amp a little bit. So it just, like, it, it, it added to, like, the, the edginess or the roughness in it. And so, I mean, that was, like, a really, like, that was a learning experience for me because that was, you know, prior to that, I always been kind of, like, thinking in my head. Like, I went and I recorded um, a song, Roll the J and come through i recorded those at soundwave studios which is a pretty nice studio that was it was in abingdon for a little while i don't know where they're at now that's when they moved to Hattergrace, and then you know i don't know where their location is now but it was a nice studio but um i don't know like like you say like you know you don't always just because it's a nice big studio doesn't mean it's gonna always connect with you or it's always gonna be the best served studio for you and like for me i just kind of like found out that you know after doing all that that maybe I'm my best engineer or my best producer just because I understand my quirks and I understand my working process and that it's not ideal for everybody. You know what I mean? So I like to edit and tinker and stuff like that. So yeah, I just, I took it upon myself to record it and, and, and do the mixing and, and mastering myself. And um, it's kind of hard, but you know, I, I knew what I was working with and I knew like, all right, so then I need to create, a sound that kind of works with that or whatever and it makes sense so it doesn't sound like it's just crappily recorded audio so i went for that whole lo-fi grungy kind of sound or whatever and i think it translated all right yeah i was gonna say like it i'm all i this was used to be a pet peeve and for, for listeners like the whole engineer part of my life is i i, I refer to that as my past life now i, I kind of <laughs> i don't record really you know much anymore right, Som- right. sometimes i do miss it though i'm not gonna lie but I, I I always was a big pet peeve of mine of anybody who sent me a song or handed me a tape and like just the auto 
audio quality was just like some trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I get it. You don't got the big budget, but come on, man. Like, you can learn a basic EQ, cut out some mids or some highs. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Like, you, you can learn the those little small things that'll, like, they make a big difference. Just those little things can oh, make yeah. your tape, you know, sound a lot better. So, yeah, you definitely did a good job on the engineering like there wasn't any point where i was like oh this sounds off or like everything sounded the way it it should have sounded yeah at thanks, least that's thank, what god. I, thank god <laughs> that's at least what i got from it um speaking of sound though um i want to get into i guess production because okay i feel like that's like where my ear goes when i put like any album on like i, I just like to hear the different sounds and stuff that so you go use. you go for you go for a beat first and then lyrics or do you um, like... I, I won't say I go for a beat, but I feel like, I guess now I'll just bring it up. So this Big Crit album, just to throw an example okay. out there, because I've been jamming this album nonstop <laughs> since it came out. It's like 24 tracks, man. Bro, I, I, <laughs> I know, and I can't, like, <laughs> I'm going to review this album, so I'm going to try not to say too much. Okay. But even in 24 tracks, you know, I, I, I it doesn't even feel like it. Like, I listen to it, and it's just... And I think part of it is, like, especially the, the second disc of that project, like, the musicality is just is so good. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what drew me in, like... Because okay. he, he used a lot of, like, live instrumentation. And I don't know, like, certain certain instrumentals just put me in, like, a good... Or not even a good, just... I like listening to something that just puts me in some kind of mood, even if it's not a good mood. Like, right, right. I just want to feel something. Yeah, yeah. So like, when I put this tape on, um, especially and I think I told you this, one of the, the standout tracks I like was Low Life, mm-hmm. and like, first listen I put that on, I was like, man, like this is this is really like, it's really dreary. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of dark, but not like too dark, but like that. It was just like the whole vibe of that track. I was like, this really like resonates. Like I could see this in like a music video. Like I. I was picturing this, like, in my head, like, while I'm listening to it. Right, right. Because, like, yeah, like, that really stood out. I, I noticed, like, yeah, a lot of this tape, I would say, probably aside from Birdcage, like, a lot of this is a really somber, you know, it's really yeah, yeah. somber, really dreary. Like, were you going for that sound on purpose, or is that just how it just kind of turned out? Yeah, man, I mean, like, you know, when I think, like, my like philosophical and ideological kind of take on life kind of like informs it a lot because like it's definitely like a sad kind of depressed feel or tone at least but it's really more or less just like they're just observations that just so happen to end up coming off as sad or depressing or all that and then like the beats don't well the beats help but they don't help in that regard because they're also like just very low-key and you know they're not you know, they can go either way, I think. Like, I think, like, a lot of them, you could... I could have went dumb hard and, like, you know, just been on some, like, real spiritual, lyrical type stuff. Or, you know, I could have also pulled back and gone, like, really sim- simplistic with it. But, um, yeah, I just kind of, like... I don't know. I try to lay everything out in front of me and just comment on it and not really worry about giving an answer so much as just, like, an observation. And, like, right. Low Life's is one of those songs where it's, like, you know... It's not really about me saying, like, yo, you know... If you're doing, if you're caught up in a world of drugs and, and lust and all that, like you're wrong. You need to, it's more or less just like a, okay, this is the world 
you know, that's being occupied right now. And, you know, there's good to it, there's bad to it, and then there's the reality of why it works. And that's just, you know, how I try to approach every song. And I guess in a lot of ways, like, because it is such a, like, clinical, logical kind of approach, it, it kind of comes off as sad. And, of course, I... I take like I got, like it maybe maybe the bars don't come off as funny, but in my mind like there's a sense of like tongue in cheek inside of like what I'm saying as well. In terms yeah. of like, in in terms yeah. of like the commentary and stuff like that, like stay for the drugs. It don't matter if the love go. Like that's a real it's a real thing for a lot of people, but it's also kind of tongue in cheek, in a certain kind of way. Like you know, it's kind of like yep, that's that's where that's where the relationship is at right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you ever, um, I, I know this, I get this a few times, and I try to, like, I try not to have this thought, because okay. I know it's it's gonna do me, it's gonna steer me wrong one day. Yeah. But like, you ever just write something down, and you, you write it down, and you're looking at it like, yo, this is dope, but then you read it back, and like, yo, this is some really, like, personal, like, do I really mm. want people to, <laughs> do I really want people to see this? Somebody might look at me different, like, what what am I gonna... Well, that and was I, definitely that was definitely the fear in this because, like, I mean, off the bat, like, if you listen, like, if you listen to Alexithemia, like, a lot of the stuff in there, like, there may have been points of it that were like, you know, very relatable to what I was going through at life at the time. But at the same time, like, that wasn't really me, me. You know what I mean? It was kind of like me trying to, me walking in the shoes of a rapper as opposed to just being one. You know what right. I mean? Because uh, I was still learning learning what it meant to make an album. Whereas this one, I was just being myself a lot of the time, and there's a lot of topics in there. You know, I have a song called Compromise where, I'm, like, the chorus is like, I pull a, I put a bullet in my brain just like a third eye. You know what I mean? And it's like, I knew once that tape came out, I would get calls and and and, and right. texts and stuff and be like, Hey, man, like, are you good? You know what I mean? Right. I knew, I knew that was coming, and. I guess, like, that was part of, like, the therapy of making this album was just, like, you know what, I'm just going to put a lot of this out there, and I don't know what the reaction is supposed to be or what I want it to be, but, you know, I'll take the hit. You know what I mean? Because right. I, I guess I feel like if you want art to really translate, sometimes you got to, like, you got to really dig deep and, like, just put yourself out there for the people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... I feel like nine times out of ten, like, most of the things you feel uncomfortable writing are mm -hmm. the things you probably should be putting out. Exactly, because that's where <laughs> it's at. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, I feel like, like, okay, this feels weird, like, quoting my own stuff, but, like, you know, I wrote this, like, I, um, I wrote a bar on Compromise where it's like, you know, they raped my mom in the pregnancy when she was 22. I remember that time I got too drunk and tried to force myself on you. Like, First off, there's the whole first thing. It's like, hold up, your mom got raped in the pregnancy when she was 22, and then you know, thinking about like my family's gonna be hearing this, and there's all right. that. But the reality, like, that's a touch point that like people can relate to. You know what I mean? Right. And there's 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 thing, and then there's the other side of it where it's like I'm talking about myself doing something that you know borders on just as disgusting as what that was. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just like, you know, I'm. I put it out there because I understand that there's men in our in my situation that have done that and maybe feel bad about that or you know especially with the way you know politics and, and the way we interact with each other is changing nowadays you know there's a lot of stuff that maybe happened a few years ago or you know that when 
people weren't as woke, you know, that you look back at now and you're like, oh man, why did I do that back then? Right. If this comes yeah. back to haunt me, like, you know what I mean? People are going to look at me a certain way, but the world was actually different, you know, five, ten years ago. Years ago, yeah. So it's like, you know, I just, I felt like in this project, like, I should just be as honest as I can about it. And, you know, if people get mad about it, they get mad about it. If they don't, they don't. But, I mean, that's what, every artist has gone through that. You know what I mean? Right. Any any great artist, you look back, you look back and there's somebody pointing a finger at them saying they said too much. You know what I mean? Whether it's Eminem, Pac, Kanye, you know, somebody's always pointing a finger at them saying they're talking too much. And I figured, uh, hey, who am I to not <laughs> give it a shot? <laughs> but I would say with this, though, like, it's not like, even in, in any point in the album when those kind of lines come across, it's not like you're bragging about it. It's just kind of yeah, like, yeah. yo, I, like, I did that. Like, right. that it's, was... it's just an observation. That's all it is. It's just yeah. Like, it's questions and observations. It's like, yo, I did this, I did that. You know, you can take it how you want. You know, I admit, I confess to being a piece of crap. You know what I mean? Like, right. I admit that I'm not perfect and that I've made a lot of, like, problematic mistakes. And you know what I mean? But at the same time, I also admit that I probably have gotten a good amount of punishment for that. You know what I mean? Right. I've gone through life and I've, and I've worn some things and this is where I'm at now. And, you know, I'm willing to be open and share a perspective with anybody that wants to listen and maybe they, they've gone through something similar and they can grow from it, you know what I mean, it's, and not make the same mistakes I've made along the way. All right. And um, I guess just last point on the production, um, especially uh, I actually have this pulled up on your band camp. Yeah. Because that Birdcage beat was fire. Okay. So <laughs> were these producers that, like, you knew or you just reached out on the internet or... Uh, reached out YouTube. Like, I, um, just about every night after we finish up this one, I got to stream this, uh, a music video I'm putting out for compromise, but uh, I um just by every night I like smoke a cigarette and just scroll through beats and you know I find what I like what I don't I write to them, um I go through a whole process with every beat, you know I spend months on a beat just writing to it seeing what I want to say does it fit does it work so like um songs like Birdcage and stuff like that they were ones that you know I think Birdcage started out completely different it was on some other stuff and then. At one point, I was just like, you know what? Let me just try to feel like, like let me just uh, skip the structure, skip the song, the typical song composition that you go with, and just you know, just kind of let it flow out naturally. And that's right. what it was with a lot of beats was just you know, finding how I fit on it, and and going. I think compromise was the only one that. Um, most of my bars were already written written to, and I just kind of compromise was a beat I had. I got late. I got it probably like two weeks before I was done with the album, and I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with it. But I had I had a, a version of this tape with a couple other songs on it floating around for a while that I was thinking about releasing, and I was like, ah, it's not it's not there yet. And so I went back in and recorded Compromise, and um, that kind of rounded it out. But yeah, I mean, like, it's just, with beats, man, I just, I dig and I dig and I dig. And, you know, you can find, like, a million great beats because there's a million great producers out there. But it's all about finding the ones that fit within what you're trying to do in the moment or whatever and that your energy vibes with. And so that's what I 
that's what I've been doing lately, is just digging around. I make my own beats, but I haven't done that in a while, and I've kind of put that to the side because that gets a little too distracting. Hmm. So yeah. Speaking of beats, every time I listen to this on SoundCloud and it gets uh, at the end the clip in the ashtray, you know how like SoundCloud just rolls on to the next whatever? Yeah, yeah. There's this one beat. I don't know this producer. I don't know if you guys know each other or something, but they keep playing this guy's beat. I'm going to have to send it to you the okay. next time I listen to it because like every time the beat starts, I'm like, oh, Snap's about to be another homo track. No, <laughs> nothing, just completely different project. <laughs> but, I think it might be something I liked because that happens to me too. It used to go to another song of mine. Um, I think it might have been Come Through, but then like it started switching and now it goes to like this because I liked his song on SoundCloud and of course now, you know, it just screws right. that up for me. But So when you, I guess while you were recording this, like when did you know did you decide that you just wanted it to be five tracks? Like, when did you hit that point? Like, all right, this is a finished body of work. I'm ready to put this out. Uh, well, I'm I'm a fan of the short tape, um, especially in today's like listening climate where people don't like to listen to things for too long. You know what I mean? Um, right. So I was planning on like between nine to ten, um, but I had recorded. Uh. Birdcage and Way first, I think. And then I had Clip and Yashtray already. Um, so, like, and then I had, like, two other songs. I had a song called Elysian, and I had a uh, a song called Allure with my friend uh, Oss and um, and Nathia. And Allure was, like, a, it's a pretty big, grandiose song. So, like, at that point, I was like, all right, I'm at, like, five or six tracks right now, and this feels good. And so, like, that was when it started. I was like, you know what? What if I just did, like, a six-track or five-track, you know, EP and just put that out and, you know, give people a taste? Because, like, who really wants a 17-track album from a local artist anyways? You know what I mean? Right. right. So I, I, I wanted to make it short enough that I can get my whole message through. You know, 17 minutes isn't really much of a commitment. And, you know, I also wanted to make sure it was all killer and no filler. So... When I had the five, I listened to you know front to back, and I was like, "Oh, this works," and I just kind of took it that route. Yeah, I've always wondered if that's gonna be like the new, maybe not now, but within a couple of years. Like, I could see EPs being like the new album. It's just really. like I mean, it's it. Well, it's like what what is the end game by by putting out a longer tape? You know, what I mean, if you have the material for it, and if you have the budget for it, and the time, and and all that, like maybe it makes sense, you know what I mean? But, like, in my case, it's like, you know, I'm not getting an advance to make music, you know what I mean? Or I'm not getting a budget to get in the studio and and, 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 and have multiple tracks. So it's like, all right, well, what's the best way for me to get my, my stuff out there to people while still, um, you know, being able to... to uh, work on my craft. So, like, I finished this, this was five songs, and I'm already working on the next five. You know what I mean? Like, that's going right. to be done by the end of the year. So it's like, I'm going to have two projects this year as opposed to just having one because, you know, I, I could have made one whole album of 10, but now I can drop this next five coming up soon and then be able to kind of capitalize off that. You know what I mean? I can rebuild the energy again as opposed to shooting my wad at the beginning of November with 10 songs and it not catching on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Not to say that this tape hasn't been catching on, but I just don't want to waste the music or whatever. Not at this point. So you mentioned real quick, uh, compromise video. Yeah. Uh, 
what what can we expect? You know, you don't have to spoil it, but yeah, it's just black and white. A lot of uh, urban decay. There's not like it's nothing too crazy. Um, it's uh, definitely I'd say just look at the composition. That's what I was really going for. It's just like cool looking shots. Um, I shot it myself, edited it myself. Um, I've literally, except for the beats. Everything about this project has been done by me. I made the album cover myself, took the picture. Um, you know, I uh, I don't just the whole direction in terms of like choosing what colors and all that and everything. I pretty much done myself. So like, I figured with the music video, like I could pay. I have like a bunch of talented people within my own team that I could work with to to make a, a dope video. But I figured for this first one. I wanted it to be kind of rough and raw and, and um, imperfect, like the process of making the actual project was. So that's why I did with compromise, and it's got a cool little. Um, it's extended. There's a there's a a skit in the beginning. Um, it's a little dreary, perfect for Halloween. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a cool little little visual piece, something to go along with it and, and get those those YouTube numbers up. That's dope. That's dope. So real quick, I guess, uh, close out the tape and then I'll do a slight transition. Okay. Um, all right. So you got on the tapes out. If, if anything, what do you, uh, what, what do you hope to accomplish or what do you want the listener to, to get out of it? Well, um, ideally what would happen is the listener listens to it and regardless if they like it or hate it, they just share it and they get me rich and famous so that I can, (laughs) um, you know, not have to work a day in my life ever again. Um, but I mean, besides that, I mean, I just want people to enjoy it, listen to it. Um, for me, this was like a therapeutic moment. Um, I'm not expecting anything from this project, but I just want people to like be reminded now. It's it's been five years since I've done anything. Um, you know, be reminded I make music, uh, and still here. (laughs) I'm still here. And and not, not just that, but it's like, and yo, when I say I'm dropping the tape, like, just know, like, I'm not going to give you guys like local quality music you know what i mean like right. I'm, I'm trying to do something like more than that and i want people to know like you know i'm taking this seriously i'm taking the craft seriously i'm taking the art behind it seriously i listen to everybody's music and i judge myself against that to the highest standard and i'm the hardest person on myself i know so like when you listen to my tape even though everybody says this like just know like is different. It's not the same stuff you're probably used to, you know, whether you're from the county or, you know, whether you're from ever. Um, there was an effort put into this, and I think it kind of, hopefully it shows or it sounds like it. And if you're going to listen to one song, either listen to Low Life's or Compromise. Compromise is probably my favorite track in it. Low Life's is uh, probably the most uh, in line with a mainstream type sounding song. The content of it, you could argue, isn't very mainstream, but um, in terms of song composition and stuff like that, it's pretty, pretty easy to get into. And um, and if you're a stoner, listen to Clip in the Ashtray. That's the <laughs> anthem. I was gonna say I got, I got the SoundCloud numbers pulled up. Uh, Clip Clip in the Ashtray looked like it's ahead of the pack. Yeah, Clip in the Ashtray is at like <laughs> what two fifty or something like that right now. Yeah, uh, two forty nine. Two forty nine. Mm. Yeah. So we trying to get those up, guys. I, I've, right. uh, I'm averaging about 100 plays a day right now, which is pretty good, all things considered. I, it's it's not a lot, but it, you know, it's uh, 
it's something. So, let's uh. Yeah, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you had mentioned real quick earlier about uh, you're definitely not the same as like what else you would hear in the city. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that because like I've known you. I don't know every creators member, but yeah. like. I've at least known about you guys for a while. You know, obviously me, you, and Rich all came up together. Yeah. But, like, I've just been listening to you guys as a collective. Um, yeah, it's been some years now. Like, every I stop and think about it. Like, you guys have been really, like, out here for a while now. And, like, how do you feel like you guys, not, not to say stack up, but where do you guys, like, fit in, like, the, I, I guess you would call it the Baltimore scene? <laughs> In terms of, well, like, hip-hop, and what, what do you even think of, like, the, the Baltimore music scene? Uh, well, like, I don't think it's fair to, like, I don't think it's fair for, like, the Baltimore musicians to, like, throw me in, in there with them just because, like, they rep it to the fullest, and, you know, they know they know everything about Baltimore. Like, I'm just, like, a transplant, if anything. I don't even live there. You know what I mean? I live in the county, right. and, you know, that would be a problem if I right. tried to claim. But at the same time, like, in terms of just, like, this... 4-1-0 music scene, like, I mean, I think the creators got to unlock. Like, if you, I've listened to just about everybody, and everybody's really talented and stuff like that, and I think there's, like, some amazing things going on in terms of, like, um, what do you call it? Like, the LGBT gender queer scene, like, they've got, like, an interesting music, hip-hop kind of experimental scene going on that, like, a lot of people aren't paying attention to. And I think that's really cool, too. But in terms of just, like, a solid squad, I feel like, I mean, the creators got that on lock. Like, you can you can pull me out of it and me just be a bystander. And I would still tell you, like, oh, yeah, like, Marlo's nasty. Rich is, you know, obviously, you know, incredible at what he does. Um, Lando and E bring that nerdy flavor to it. And they've got, like, some crazy uh, reference. Their reference game is pretty crazy. Um and just, yeah, everybody else in the squad, Moose and, and uh, oh, shoot, I'm forgetting. Austin, Austin's nasty. He's, you know. Yeah, like, I was going to say, uh, I haven't listened to him in a while, but, like, every time I peep his, any of his tracks, they're like, yeah, like that dude's nasty. Yeah. He, he's, I, he's got some heat. And it's, like, I think it's, it's more or less, like, a mindset, too, that is, like, what, what brings us there. You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know. Like, it just feels like we're always on, like, a different kind of wavelength and, you know, I think uh, it's weird. It's different. You know, I mean, none of us make the same music. Uh, I mean, Rich and Marlo maybe are the closest to the same just because they're brothers. You know what I mean? So they work together all the time. But, um, you know, what I do is completely different than what Rich does. And what Rich does is completely different than what, you know, Ian Lando does. And right. th there are threads that line up. You know, we're all into nerdy stuff. And, you know, we're also into, like, higher thinking and higher consciousness and all that. So, like, there's definitely those elements that weave in and out of it. But, I mean, at the same time, I think, like, it's our it's our differences and our diversity that really give us that, like, upper leg. I mean, you don't want to battle rich. In the, you don't want to battle rich unless you're, like, you know, <laughs> unless you're, like, one of, like, the URL rappers that are, like, really right. you know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're just a street-level guy that, like, is trying to make a, 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 his way into the league, don't start with Rich. Right. Because <laughs> he'll embarrass you. Like, he, he just, he's got those petty, nerdy lines that you just hear, and you're like, God damn it. You know? <laughs> and if you don't believe me, just look up Rich versus Yaza. Like, 
I didn't want to bring it up and take no shots, but <laughs> it's out there. It's, it's out there. Man. I mean, like, look, like it is what it is. Everybody takes L sometimes. I've taken a few L's. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just Rich, uh, he handed out a, a massive one that night. <laughs> he handed out a spirit bomb that night. Yeah, man. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Rich. Yeah, man. That was <laughs> that video is like a local like <laughs> it's like a local classic. Right. <laughs> but um. Speaking of the creators, so you guys got y'all got a show coming up, man. Yeah, we got a show, and thank goodness I am on the creators page. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to give the details on it. Um, <laughs> so coming up this November on Sunday, actually, we're shout out to you for giving giving me a chance to uh, put this uh, podcast out quick. Um, but uh, Sunday at seven, we're gonna be at the Downtown Cultural Arts Center, and uh, it's gonna be us. The creators, Rich, aka Bobcat Goldwave, um, Guy Grams is gonna be out there. And we've got a few other heads coming in and out. Um that we'll announce at some point soon. It's gonna be fun, man. It's been a while since the creators been together. Um we all wanna put out, you know, some quality quality stuff. We wanna put on a good show too, so we'll all be out there. Uh I'll be performing on a tapes live for the first time. Rich will be performing a lot of music live for the first time, so um be great energy great chance to come out support some local baltimore music and uh yeah i mean just come out guys come out show love or not yeah <laughs> you're lost. for the listeners it's uh we're, we're recording this on the 31st halloween yeah um my goal is on november 1st at the latest second you guys should be hearing this episode so which means you'll have a few days in preparation for sunday You'll 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 know about it, so you know. Hopefully, if you make if, it. If, you, if you listen to this on the second, hopefully, like, you know, you're not feeling too down with like, you know, memories of the of the election because it'll be like what, the one year anniversary of of Trump being elected. So, you know. Oh man. Hopefully, you're that that in. whole Russia yeah. thing is. <laughs> hopefully, you're tuning into this to tune out of all that, and you know, we're here with you. We're here with you. Yeah, we, man. We support. I mean. You. You might as well turn away from the election because this Russia thing, man. Black suits are showing up at people's doors. Everybody's snitching. People, this is gonna make a, a wild documentary one day. Right. I was thinking. <laughs> I, was, I was like, dang, it sucks that I'm not gonna be alive. Like, well, I mean, maybe I will be, but like 50 years from now, I would love to see like the Ken Burns documentary of like, right. You know, like <laughs> just the in-depth analysis and and you know, like you're seeing like all these old people talk about. <laughs> you know, I just I want I want to know all the ins and outs of this. Yeah, man, we're we're in <laughs> we're in wild times, but um, yeah, that, and I guess real quick, I, I will say um, unfortunately, I've never been able to see you guys perform live, but from the clips I've seen, um, yeah, you guys put on like work for live shows, like yeah, we try. Bring it, you're bringing out dudes who are playing instruments on stage, like there's always a lot of energy. Yep, horn sections. Uh, last time we had um. Uh, I think they're called The Gift, maybe. Um, that was drums and bass and guitar and all that. And I mean, our music isn't made live. It's made like, you know, just do sampling and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's really cool to have like a live band come out and like jam with us and all that. And um, this time around, it's just going to be, I think we just got a DJ going with us this time around, which is cool. Um, it'll work for me, especially because I haven't been practicing. So um, <laughs> I can just go out there and spit some bars. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we just try to go out there with energy and, and put on a show for everybody and then, you know, 
it always helps when you have a crowd that's giving you a lot of love back. So yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, what's that energy like? It'll be fun. You, you should are... definitely try to make it out to one of these shows, man. What's um, going even on? Even if it's not this one, uh, uh, you know, there'll there'll uh, there'll definitely be more shows coming up the pipeline, and so uh, we're definitely gonna want you know all the love and support out there. I got. You said what? what where's this at again? Downtown. Um, yeah, man, we do a lot of, uh, great, like, you know, just live, live, uh, live sets and stuff like that. We had the gift come through and, and they're, uh, they know how to jam and put on a show and all that. Um, this time around, we're just gonna be having, like, DJs and stuff like that, um, play for us. But, uh, I mean, it'll be fun and it's always, you know, we, we try to, uh, really bring out, um, that old school hip hop energy, you know, the, with the crowd interacting with, with the MC, um. You know, we're we're writers, I think, by by trade, but we also appreciate the craft and energy that goes into making a good hip hop concert. So, you know, we try to you know, we try to try to put in that work to get make sure everybody has a good time. Yeah. So yeah, shout outs to creators. On the shout tapes out. is on what? Man, you want like SoundCloud? Actually, you know what? Yeah, I wanted to give you props on this because I I noticed also with a lot of other indie artists, I don't know what they do with in terms of i don't know like sometimes i might search them Mm -hmm. and i can't find them i literally i typed in on a tape you're literally like on (laughs) you you popped up like six times really yeah like you're if you i'll do it right now on On google on a tape yeah oh i'm on napster too i've never done this yeah like (laughs) i've never done this yeah i'm on napster too i didn't know i was on napster so that's crazy you're out there so, um, yeah, the, so like, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I'm on, um, I'm on pretty much everything but Apple Music, which is BS, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm on everything but pretty much Apple Music at this point. Um, I went through a distributor's time around, so like, I got distribution. Um, I'm working on getting on Apple, but yeah, man, I mean, you can find me on Spotify, Tidal, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, um, that piff uh, will be soon um and yeah just google me at this point if you google me um i get like one of those side screen things now so like you know there'll be a thing on the side next to pictures of tape that says my album and it starts breaking out my album and stuff like that so definitely check me out guys or you and uh for soundcloud it's uh pale moon music facebook add me on there too that's pale moon music um it used to be spelled with a V, not spelled with an A, uh, for branding and marketing purposes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, got to get the business acumen down right, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll, I'll have links That's that, everywhere man. for band kids. You can find me. I mean, I'm, I'm around, you know. And if anything, I'm sure I'll be back on the podcast again. So if you forget about me, I'll remind you guys when I come <laughs> on next time. Definitely. But uh, before we close out... Um, we, we got a, yo. I was gonna say yeah. Before before we close out, got gotta give some quick quick thoughts. Justice League, you're like the only person I can have a serious yo, DC. Yo. Oh, that loser. Mike. Yo. Um yeah, just start start back from the. I, I think the last thing I was saying was just like, um, you can find me just about anywhere. So yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So uh yeah, on the tape, sound on the tapes. My bad. SoundCloud, yep. Bandcamp all over the place if you google that and pale moon you'll find them 
he's branded hey. himself well. <laughs> um, real quick though, before we get out of here, you're, you're like the only person. I ain't say the only. You're one of few people I can have a serious DC discussion with without okay. just okay. throwing mud on DC's name. So Justice League, we're what two two weeks away, one week away. Uh, it's November seventeenth is when it comes out. So yeah, just so about. Yeah, we're almost there. Um. I've been avoiding trailers, and I I got lucky. I went to see it like two weeks ago, okay. and I got to the theater a little bit late, and the Justice League trailer was showing right as I walked in, but it was like the last three seconds of it. So like I I'm glad I kind of missed it because I just I just want to go in blind and just whatever happens kind of uh-huh. happens. But um I don't know any any final thoughts like what are you what are you hoping for anything you're worried about you know b- before this. This becomes a thing. Okay, well, um, I will say this. Uh, I'm a little bit less worried about it. Um, some people are saying that it was better than Wonder Woman. Um, it, it, the movie's already been released in China, to my knowledge. Um, so there's reviews coming out on it already. Um, I don't know if you heard any of those. Yeah, I saw some some Twitter reviews. Okay, pretty much so, everybody saw had high praise. So like it it's, I I'm still not expecting it to be uh, art, you know what I mean? But uh, at the same time, it's like you know I just I don't know, man. If, if they, I've seen a couple trailers by well, no, I've seen I, I think I saw the first one and then I watched the last one maybe and like there's a lot in it that I'm just like oh no. You know what I mean? I'm looking at it, I'm just like, God, no, what's going on? But at the same time, a trailer doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm just I'm gonna go in. Apparently if you go in with low expectations, you'll come out pretty happy. So yeah. um that's the approach I'm gonna take on that. I you know, I this is something that I've waited my whole life to watch. I'm sure you had to. Um, you know, I'm I've been a D I'm a DC fan. Even though we're going through our hard times, you know, I'm also a Cowboys fan, so I know the feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like, it, it, can, get, it, it, it can get hard, and, and, you know, it can get difficult for in a lot of ways. So it's like, you know, at this point, um, you know, I'm just hoping for the best. I'm just hoping it'd be kind of entertaining. It's been, you know, there's too many spoilers that came out of the, that have kind of ruined whatever surprises I thought were going to come in the movie, so you know, like, other characters that are hidden in this thing or whatever, so it's just like, at this point, I just want to sit back, watch it, and hopefully it just, you know, hopefully that'll be enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I'm, I, go ahead. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly optimistic. Like, I've, I think, I feel like since I've been avoiding trailers and spoilers mm-hmm. and everything, that, like, I haven't come across anything on accident that I didn't think I was supposed to see, and... From the little bit I've seen on accident <laughs> that I probably shouldn't have watched, like mm-hmm. I don't know. The the more I see it, I'm like, you know what? I think this could be. It's not gonna blow my mind or be like the highest selling movie ever, but like I, I just feel like if they do it right, if they don't try to do too much, like this could be the start of something. Well, Wonder Woman was definitely a good getting DC back on the right foot, mm-hmm. and that that was the left foot. And I think Justice League can hopefully be the right foot, and maybe they'll get a stride going. Um, well, here's the th- here's the thing: you have Justice League is going to be the shortest movie that the DCEU has put out so far. So 
we're getting to the it's going to be getting to the point pretty fast in that movie so you know if you go in it just hoping for action and stuff like that i'm guessing that's what you're gonna get most of um and then after that it's just a matter of like if they can make the stakes just interesting enough to get us through the movie then they've done their job and we can move forward you know what i mean it just at, at this point it just it just has to connect a little bit you know, and, and not be Suicide Squad. I don't know if you ever watched that, by the way. Still haven't. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Like, I would tell you, though, I've, I've watched the uh, enough of the trailers to know that, like, and seen enough that, like, it, they made it. If, if they were trying to make this movie look bad, they did their job with the trailers because the trailers look terrible. But, again, I'm kind of going off what the buzz is about it, too, and the buzz is kind of getting a little little bit more popular or more optimistic about it so you know hey at this point you know if the worst that can happen even if this movie bombs it just means they're going to restart it you know what i mean right they'll redo it they'll get a better director in it they'll uh you know they'll they'll, they'll find new talent and they'll just try again and um i think i might be kind of down with that too like i know some people go like oh like, this is too confusing we just had Kristen bale now we have Ben Affleck. Now we're gonna have somebody else, but it kind of works because if you watch the animated series, like they switch up every time. You know what I mean? You may have Kevin Conroy sometimes for the voice, but other times you got different guys, and right. you know the 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 way the animation may be different. You know what I mean? Like it's not always linear. So like if they want to do like a bunch of different stories where like you get a different Batman depending on the story. You know what I mean? I could possibly be down for that. You know, I mean, I didn't really care for Jared Leto's Joker, but I could live in a world where there's one storyline that has his Joker and another storyline that has Leonardo DiCaprio as a Joker. You know what I mean? Right. Which is something that's been rumored. So it's like, if they want to do that and try a bunch of different things, just throw shit at the wall. I'm down for it. At this yeah, I, I want to say, and yeah, because I saw people, people were already complaining just at the the rumor that DiCaprio could possibly be playing the Joker. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, man, if you're a Marvel fan, shut up. We've seen Spider-Man be rebooted 80,000 times. Right. Within, like, two years of each other. Don't want to hear it. Like, Well, and it's like, how could you, like, if there's going to be somebody attached to playing the Joker, like, it might as well be DiCaprio. DiCaprio you know right. what I mean? Like, who else is it going to be? Like, especially after Heath Ledger, like, you know, you kind of, like, it's, there's not too many people that you want to see play that role. At least DiCaprio's got talent and all that kind of stuff. The thing I worry about is the guy directing it isn't Scorsese, which a lot of people think it is. It's the guy that did all three of the Hangovers and Due Date, and uh, I think he did Old School as well. But his track record isn't that great, so that's what I'd be worried yeah. about the most, just directorial from a directorial standpoint. But yeah, you um, can have all the talented players in the world, but if your coach is some trash, right? Like you know, <laughs> might not might not work out too well. Yeah, but. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll um. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to bring you on for that one. I'm I'm yes. hoping, I'm hoping that movie just makes me feel something that I feel compelled to talk about it. So <laughs> but, <laughs> even if it's hate and rage. Yeah, like even if I'm angry, I got to talk about it. But my 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 only fear is that I'll leave the theater and feel nothing. Like I won't feel any kind of way, which I think is bad. Like I would almost rather hate it than me leave the theater and be like, I just saw the Justice League and it was just mad. Like just mad. <laughs> yeah, like that's probably the biggest problem too, because at this point it's like, you know, 
back in the day you can get away with a meh product, but now it's like after having a movie like Logan or Deadpool, you know what I mean? Like right. they've set the bar for like new superhero movies and if Justice League is just meh, it's gonna be like damn. Yeah. Like what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. But But that Black Panther though. That looks <laughs> like that looks crazy. Like they they the way like I was you know, just from like the costumes and stuff like that, those are great and like they look cool, but like just the way the camera moves throughout the film and like the trailers and like the angles and stuff they're shooting at, like you could tell like this guy Ryan Coogler, he was he did a uh, Creed. Um this this looks like fire. This looks like it's gonna be crazy. You don't know how hard it is. I haven't watched the new that new trailer they put out. You don't know oh, how I... hard it is to a <laughs> That's another one. I just, I just want to go in. Whatever happens, happens. But mm. I can say with confidence, I might call out of work that day. I'm not gonna lie. Like you that. should, you should. <laughs> you, should. Watch, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm debating whether or not just to buy two tickets for it and watch it like back to back, back. because, because like it just, I mean, like again, like it could be one of those movies that you show up and it's just, it's not what the trailer promises it to be. But um, that looks, it's pretty good, man. It looks. That uh, that second trailer like the first one sold me, the second one was like yo you need to buy a second ticket. Right. And you can so take I'm, my money right now. Like <laughs> right. It's like if it, if it's gonna look like that, like I'm now I'm ready to see him get the Infinity Gauntlet. Like I'm ready to like move forward because I'm I'm sold that like Black Panther is the future of like Marvel now. You know what I mean? I hope. In terms of in terms of, like all the new the new characters that are gonna take over the thing now that like I guess they're kind of ending. Iron Man's reign yeah. and Thor and all that. I've I've been waiting for a Black Panther movie for a long, like long time, and yeah, if 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 this movie is anywhere near great as I think it is, like I think this might break some kind of record. I don't know what record it'll break, but I'm, I like I feel like there's a lot of hype around this, and I get it. It doesn't come out till February, so you know hype might die down a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty sure they'll throw out another teaser. By the time oh, it's, it's gonna around. like I mean the black dollar alone, man. Like you know, like people are just gonna watch it just to support just because, it because you're right. Yeah, just because it's like you know they may not give a they may not care about Marvel at all, but they're gonna watch it because it's just like yo, like this is a moment, and it's like and you can clearly you can just you know if you watch like even the stills the pictures from it, you can tell that like there's a certain amount of of care and 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 budget that went behind it that most of the time movies like that don't get. You know right. what I mean? Yep. You can see, you can see, you can visually, you can tell like, oh, they're doing, they're going all out for this one. And so like a lot of people are just going to want to watch it just to support and show them that love, which is why I'm like, I need to buy these tickets now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Especially my manager just happened to hear this podcast. Uh, you might not see me that day. I might. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be down the street at the movie theater. So you, you'll know where I'm at, buddy. I ain't going to be at work. Like that's. <laughs> That's that's a holiday. <laughs> like, that's that's a holiday, man. Yeah, Black Panther Day. It is, and it's in Black History Month. Like, come on, man. Like, I can't go to work. <laughs> Black Panther coming out in Black History Month. Like, I got to be a part of that history. Like, yeah, it's an, <laughs> it's an iconic moment. It really, it really is. And like, literally, this will only like this type of moment because, like, I mean, what there was steel. There was, I don't know if there's been any, like, Hispanic superheroes or, I mean, you got, like, your Asian Kung Fu artists and stuff like that. But, like, this is, like, a moment, like, in history in terms of, like, 
color in movies and like just like where it goes next you know what i mean so this is the only this is the one time that this will ever be like a first and then after this like you're gonna get a million of like movies that are like black panther you know what i mean right once it does like so much money and in the in the studio execs realize they can make a bank off this um you're gonna get like hundreds of like black panther spinoff type movies that have the same feel and tone and, and and all that so it's like Watching this one, this first one, is gonna be, is gonna be iconic. Gonna be I'm, iconic. I'm hoping gonna, it'll it, inspire DC to give me a John Stewart for my Green Lantern. <laughs> you know, uh, you never know, man. We're gonna, uh, I mean, well, I'll leave it at that. We'll just, we'll just watch the Justice League, and then after that, I guess we'll know what, what yeah. comes next. Well, we'll see. But um, yeah, man. Thanks for for stopping by. Um. One last. Yeah, I, mean, oh, go. Oh, I was gonna say thanks for having me. You know, um, I guess just to plug whatever I have. Um, on a tapes. That's O N A. That's for Oliver Nasir Ali. That's my uh, son's name. Um, you can check that out easily by just googling me, or you know, you can go on SoundCloud, look at Pale Moon. Um, it's everywhere. I'm gonna have a new project coming out soon. I got a. Uh, Music video for Compromise coming out tonight, which is the 31st of October, Halloween. Um, got a show coming up on no- November 7th or something like that on Sunday um, at 7 p.m. Come check that out. Uh, and, you know, show some love. Support. Support. All relevant links will be in the description below. Um, yeah. So I'll have a link to his band camp. SoundCloud, links to where you can listen to the podcast, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, all that stuff. We out here. Out here. <laughs> we out here. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a, another episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. Um, I guess real quick for my MMA fans, the George St. Pierre fight. I got a podcast lined up for that. We got guests coming through. It's about to get real rowdy. That podcast is probably going to be mad long. <laughs> but it's, it's gonna be dope though but um yeah man you guys keep supporting share this podcast share with a friend friend of a friend co-worker grandma grandpa anybody burn it on a cd and just leave it like <laughs> in every bathroom you can right <laughs> like and and put enough so that like if i go into the bathroom like you know, like after the fifth time, I'll be like, "Yo, why do I keep seeing this here? Like, maybe I should just take one." You know what I mean? Like it right. may be a little dirty or whatever, but you know, like just just share it with everybody. Put it in, you know, put it in porn stores. Put it uh, at Walmart. You know, put it inside the Santa Claus little uh, cauldron things they have out now because it's you know getting close to Christmas. Right. Go go to the new DVD section and put it in front of the new DVDs. Take out the DVD. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just put it, when you return the red box, just, you know, put shove it in there with the red box DVD. And, you know, and make sure you title it Dojo Podcast and that way people know where to go. Right. We out here. But, yeah, man, it's been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Till next time, we will catch you guys later. Peace.